Hello and welcome to episode 17 of series three of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Well, this is our 80th episode, believe it or not. I was looking at our schedule for upcoming episodes and I number all of the podcast episodes. So I've got a spreadsheet with all of our previous episodes on and all the ones that we've uh, got planned for the future. And I looked down the list and hey presto, this is the 80th episode. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's gone, flown by. Uh, if you'd asked me to think how many podcasts we'd put out, I would have said about half that in my head. But it's a, it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun and I've had a, a great deal of enjoyment and fun and stimulation and learning from speaking to such wonderful people over the last two and a half years so uh, thank you for everyone who's contributed thanks for everyone who's listened now on that subject uh, I just wanted to also say thank you to everybody who got back to me regarding my last shout out or request on the previous episode I mentioned that we are trialing some software where I can uh, send uh, send a link out to someone who'd like to be on the show but doesn't want to be fully interviewed, and it's kind of like an automated interview. I will ask you some questions, you can respond to them, and this very clever piece of software will edit together my questions and your responses asynchronously. So it, it, it's uh, and obviously I'm not going to pretend that it's a live interview, but it, it will sound like we're actually interacting with each other. The, the advantage of that is for people who don't want to. Uh, you know they don't really want to necessarily speak for half an hour or so on the, on the show, but they'd like to just pop on and just just talk a little bit about what they're doing. And um, I'm thinking I'm thinking of having this as a little kind of features section on the podcast, just in addition to the the usual interviews. So uh, anyway, I did I did put that request out last time, and I got a great response. And it's kind of put me on the spot a little bit because <laughs> I kind of uh, it was kind of rather than build it and they will come. I thought, well, let's see if they come and then I'll build it. So I have got the software. Don't worry, I'm not I'm not uh, that disappointed ingenuous uh, but I need to work out properly how to use it so everyone who's come back to me thank you so much I will get back to you if I've not undone so already and I will uh, get in touch with you and I'll send you the link and it is a little bit of a, um, a an experiment so um, and I'm saying that in the emails back to you just to say look bear with me uh, um, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a trial just to see if it works and obviously I'm hoping that it will just bring some more voices to the podcast so on that note if you are interested in uh, in being part of that if you missed the last show it's basically we're going to have some little sound bites uh if you want to be on the show but you don't want to go through a whole interview and you've you you, you know it's a kind of a dip your toe in the water and being a podcast guest opportunity then let me know um uh, and you can do that via sending an email to me at info at the big uk um and also if you are interested in being a, a full interview guest uh, i'm always interested in finding out if you've got some interesting stories maybe a case study that you'd like to share that you've been something you've been working on or you've got a new tool or something a new channel that you found then please let me know again info at the info at the big picture people.co.uk and we can get you uh we can i can send you an email and tell you what the process is for being uh, a guest 
guest on the show and um, we can have a quick chat just to talk about what you're going to uh, talk about on your interview and we can line it up. And at any stage, if you decide it's not for you, there's no pressures, no obligation, no, uh, it's not for everybody. And sometimes um, what seems like something you want to do doesn't always turn out to be the case. So that that's, uh, that you, you, you know, there's no commitment. There's no uh, worry about having to over overstretch yourself if you if you decide actually further down the line you haven't got the time or or it's not for you so get in touch with us info at the big picture people.co.uk so uh we have got some fantastic guests for you coming up in the next couple of episodes um in a fortnight's time on the 13th of september i've got david hutchins the storytelling leader who's going to be telling us all about his work which has been working with some really large organizations helping their leaders to become better at st- telling stories at telling the narrative of the organization and how that links into uh to organizational effectiveness and particularly into effective comms and Dave David's got some brilliant uh structures so different story structures that he's going to share with us there that we can we can use in our work and we can help our leaders to use as well and then after that on the 29th of uh, sorry 27th of September I have an interview with David Oates, who is from a business called the PR Security Service. And really interesting topic, this really interesting conversation. He's going to be talking about how you put internal comms first in a crisis. So um, I've yet to work in an organization that hasn't at some point in its history experienced some sort of crisis. Um, Some some have more than others, uh, but um, it's always good to think about what what what's my role as an internal communicator in a crisis. And David's perspective is that actually, um, rather than worrying about our PR and external communications, actually our first port of call should be our own people. We should be communicating first and foremost with them. So really interesting perspective on crisis handling, crisis communications, and from a very different angle to what we'd probably normally expect that to be. So look out for that one on the 27th of September. Um, sorry, I'm conscious it's a bit of a long-winded intro. The final thing I just wanted to say is that same week as uh, as that episode that i've just mentioned the day after in fact we've got another one of our free webinars i won't talk about it for too long it's a health and safety webinar it's all about transforming your health and safety communications and training and it's a free webinar to three o'clock in the afternoon 28th of september 2022 at three o'clock p.m uk time it's totally free and if you want to book up for that go to our website thebigpicturepeople.co.uk and go to our events tab and you will find it it's the second event underneath uh, our our big picture webinar it's the it's the one underneath that so you'll be able to book up there anyway i won't take any more of your time and i will let you listen to this episode's interview part of the work that we do at the big picture people is to help organizations to align their people around their vision their mission their goals and their values um, but it's often we find that alignment has multiple meanings. It's a term that gets misused. It gets misunderstood. And that we find that leaders sometimes think alignment is one thing. It's everybody pointing in the same direction, which is certainly a part of alignment. But it's much deeper than that. It goes down to an individual level with how aligned I am to the organization. It's alignment within my team as to whether we're all pulling in the same direction with a shared common goal. And it's alignment 
alignment across the whole organization as to how we're focused on delivering the outcome for our customers or our service users. So what I wanted to do in the podcast was to explore the concept of alignment and what does it actually mean and are there different levels of alignment or different areas of alignment that we need to be thinking about as internal communicators and employee engagers to help us to understand what we need to be doing to create that multiple levels of alignment and ultimately to understand how that alignment then fits to the external market whether we think we're in a a commercial organization with customers paying or whether we're in a service organization the market is a term that we can use to understand the people who are our end users the people who we serve and how their their needs affect that uh, alignment within within our organization so that's what we're going to be looking at in today's interview we're going to be exploring the concept of alignment and to do that i reached out to an expert he's written a book the book is called alignment and it's all about how we can understand what that alignment looks like and how we can improve alignment within our organization to ensure that we are delivering on our promise and we are delivering our shared objectives towards our vision. So over to today's interview. My guest today is Jonathan Hensley. Jonathan is CEO of Emerge, which is a digital product agency where he works with clients to transform their business strategies, user needs, and new technologies into valuable products and services. Jonathan is an accomplished writer and speaker, and he has lectured on topics such as the connected consumer's impact on business, creating value through a data-driven experiences, and user-centric approaches to innovation. Jonathan has recently authored Alignment, which is a book about overcoming internal sabotage. So hello, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Greg. It's an absolute pleasure. And just for our listeners, where are you in the world? Where where is home for you at the moment? Home for me is in uh, Portland, Oregon in the States. Portland, Oregon. And just for our non-US uh, listeners, that's the northwest of the United States. Yeah, right up in the sort of top right left-hand corner of the of the, of the country. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. And uh, I, we were just chatting before the show and you're off on your holidays to Hawaii soon. So uh, conjures up very, very, very uh, nice, nice visual scenes of, of, your, of your, your upcoming holiday. So I'm um, sure we're all jealous about that. So <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit more about your work though? So I, I kind of went through your, your profile there and there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff that you're working on. You know, kind of tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and, and what led you to this point. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your career to date, please, Jonathan. Sure. Well, over the last 20 plus years, I have been helping uh, empower product leaders to deliver um, digital products and help transform their businesses through engaging with customers to really drive innovation. Mm -hmm. And over the last several years, this interesting question started to appear about why do so many digital transformations and product initiatives fail? And what's Mm. really happening behind the scenes and really trying to understand the root cause of failure. And that led to several years of uh, research, uh, hundreds and hundreds of interviews with product leaders and uh, product teams all around the world, which then resulted in the book Alignment, really surfacing the couple of the key insights that really 
shown through on those that were able to overcome the the odds and and continuously deliver success um, for not just uh, one product or one organization, but again and again, mm. and really trying to put a spotlight on those uh, themes and those critical skills that are necessary to build the highest performing teams mm. and um, realize that success. Excellent. So just to put put a bit of a bit of, bit of kind of give us a sort of an idea of the type, so types of products. If you, I mean, obviously you, there may be some confidentiality there that you you know you don't want to mention any specific names or, or, or brands, but but the type of products that you're talking about when you're talking about the sort of digital products that you've been involved with there or uh, in helping organisations to to kick off and get them get get started. Sure. Well, we we work with a, a large spectrum of of types of products. We look at you know. The different types of products about how we might solve for convenience or communication problems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it might be a consumer uh, product or a business to business products. How do we drive and build education for large teams or collaboration tools that might help um, folks from around the world communicate and effectively uh, you know, deliver on the promises of the, the companies and the brands that they, they represent? Okay. And one of the big emphasis is these days is also on employee experience. How right. do we really develop internal products to empower our teams so that we can really drive the innovation and effectiveness of, of the company's efforts going forward? Okay. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Good. And as you said, you've alluded to there, your your focus is really on on despite you know regardless of the technical aspects of what you're doing, it's really on the leadership and the leaders working within those organisations. And and I know when we spoke originally before before we uh, when we spoke originally to set up this interview, you were telling me around the, and a really interesting thing, which is around major in major transformations, you had this. Uh, this you, you, your experience was that, that leaders tend to delegate away some of their critical roles within a transformation, and that tends to undermine or sabotage the transformation. Um, could you tell a little bit more about that, please? Absolutely. I think a lot of leaders uh, assume that their responsibility is in defining the a vision, and that mm. vision is usually looked at as you know, kind of what is our ambition as an organization what are we trying to achieve for ourselves and that is often looked at as you know kind of i've given you the purpose now i'm going to delegate it go figure out how how we're going to do that mm. and oftentimes the responsibility of a leader is has fallen short in that that's not enough D- actually developing the direction and a clear strategy for an organization to be successful is is much more encompassing of not just establishing the general direction, mm-hmm. but being able to very simply be able to communicate the reason to believe in what's happening, why, mm-hmm. why this is important, how we're going to measure our progress of moving towards that uh, vision, mm-hmm. and many times that's missing. And then the actual responsibility of communicating and making sure that every level of the organization has a shared understanding so that all of the individuals involved can work towards aligning towards that purpose and bringing together the people, the processes, and the resources to achieve that extraordinary outcome that they're trying to to, Mm -hmm. um, to work towards. And so leaders really have a much 
deeper responsibility. And, and one of the ways that leaders, uh, the best leaders really take that on is they, the, the outcome is important, but what they become is they become experts in the problem they're solving. And they really fall in love with the problem and not the idea of the destination and certainly not solutions. Mm. And they really focus on that so that that way they can really help support the teams and these incredibly gifted and smart people and leveraging their expertise and their experience to solve those problems in the most effective way. Mm. And so that, that love for the problem and being able to really anchor that towards you know, what that destination is and, and being able to provide that reason to believe becomes paramount to success. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, so that's really interesting. So, so I think, I think in your book and I, and I think in your book, I know in your book, cause I've got a copy of it here is that you, you talk about alignment and we'll, we'll, we'll go on to talk about the, the different levels of alignment, but I think you've, you've probably already started to give us a definition of, of, of what you see as alignment, but also why alignment isn't so important. But, but I guess, you know, what, 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 why the name alignment and in your view, what is, what are some of those challenges around alignment in addition to what you've just said there because obviously that a lot a lot of what you've just talked about there is an alignment challenge what what, what is the um you know what do you is what are, is i guess alignment must be really important because that's the name of your book but but in terms of um is there anything else to to, to say in terms of why alignment is so key in in these sort of transformation efforts well i think that well there's a couple of things so the the idea of alignment was really the major insight from all of the years of research and, and interviews that came up. And so it was an incredibly important thing to really make sure that that was the emphasis of the book, because mm. those who were being successful, those who had the most engaged teams that were successfully delivering, there was always this underlying theme of alignment um, in everything that they did. Yeah. And so we really wanted to put a spotlight on that and make that the emphasis of that kind of pinning something that seems somewhat obvious or maybe um, kind of feel inherently uh, clear to a lot of folks, but maybe isn't fully understood at the depth that it is by those who are leveraging it um, to mm. its full extent and power. Mm. And so when we started to really look at why that's important. We started to see a lot of, you know, normal things that happen in organizations that are unintentional challenges that that are really common. And so things like not really knowing your customers. And mm. so what I mean by that is many businesses will have a good idea of like a general persona or we identify market with using like demographics or a little yeah. bit of basic information. Um, which is only part of it. When we look at alignment, those individuals and those leaders are going deeper and they're building mental models. They're really trying to understand not just what people do, but why they do the things that mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. And so really understanding behavior as, as you know, is really powerful and an essential piece. Mm -hmm. Also alignment is a really um, integral part of managing expectations. Um, it's also a really integral part to managing complexity. And most businesses today are extremely complex in one form or another. Um, and when you, the larger you are, the only the more complex your organization mm -hmm. uh, tends to be. And so, those are just a few examples. Um, there are many, many more. But this idea of alignment is a practice and a, and a methodology of how 
you can manage these things more effectively, which are just common barriers to uh, teams and organizations realizing the success that they're working towards. Okay, excellent. So, uh, so I know in your book uh, you you've broken alignment down into four levels, and, and I think it's it's it's, it's good you know, when we've got this sort of structure to, to to work off. And I'd like to go through those in turn with you, and also. I guess because this is a podcast for people who are involved in, in, in internal communications and engagement primarily, just to tease out what are the comms and engagement challenges or, or connections between each of these different levels, if that's okay. So I, I guess in your book, you start with the one, which is the, the first level is, is the individual level. So could you, could you explain a little bit about what, 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 what's the starting point with alignment when we, when we start the individual level then, please, Jonathan? Sure. So individual alignment is really talking about helping each member of an organization understand how their work contributes, how it matters and makes mm-hmm. a difference. So they know mm-hmm. why they're doing what they're doing, how that makes a difference and what impact that makes. And many times that is not very well understood uh, at the individual level or they're not really understanding how their work contributes to larger organizational goals and Mm. objectives. And so you see a massive shift, the sea change that's happening right now, where individuals are looking for that clarity. They're looking to be engaged and to know that their work does matter and how they can make a difference. And employers are looking for individuals who are problem solvers, and they Mm. want them to you know, really be able to contribute and be creative and innovative. Well, in order to help unlock that, that potential and that ability, you have to help people understand what they do and how that makes a difference Mm. in the overall objective of the company. And so it really becomes a, a foundational piece of really building connection in corporate culture that, that drives the results. Absolutely, and I and I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, it, it never it never ceases to amaze me, and it's kind of the work we, we do in our our organisation is you know that whole thing around how do we help people to see where they fit into this bigger picture of our of our organisation, what it does, the landscape, how you know, and the whole uh, you know the kind of tried and tested uh, you know story that everybody tells you know the the NASA janitor putting a man on the moon that sort of thing it, it, it's that connection between what i do and that and that and, and that sense that what i do contributes to something bigger than i could you know do on my own it's it's an amazingly powerful thing and, and i'm interested to know from your perspective when it comes to individual alignment do you see that not only as because a lot a lot of leaders will say well yeah they've got you know we've got really good job, job descriptions people know what they're meant to be doing which isn't the point i you know that you're making there i think how much of what what we're saying here is not only knowing how my task contributes but also how my behavior and my attitude contributes as well is that is that a part of, of the way you you see individual alignment as well i do i think that you know you bring up a great point. You know, you might have a great job description that tells me what my, my responsibilities are and what we do, but mm-hmm. it's just important to understand how I should do those things yeah, yeah, in order to, to make it an impact. And I think a, a good example is, you know, there's a lot of conversation these days around, for example, customer experience. But many organizations are still struggling to actually articulate what is customer experience for them 
and align their organization and their culture as well as their incentives in the organization so so that everyone understands that they all contribute in one form or another to that mm. experience. Mm. And so you might have somebody you know, out there who's actually working with the customer and they go, I, I totally get that. that. That's obvious. I work with the customer. Mm. And you've got somebody else. Well, I'm on the finance team. And mm. it, you know, I don't deal with the customer. Uh, so that doesn't matter. And it's like, well, no, it, it all matters. The timeliness mm. of maybe getting an invoice, the ability to resolve an issue, mm. the professionalism in which you communicate or interact, the, you know, idea of that if I, you know, can do that and I'm also, or I'm timely, let's say on making sure that our, our, in, you know, bills are paid on time, mm. that all of a sudden now our vendors and our suppliers and the people that we are dependent upon to deliver on that customer experience are going to make us a priority because they know yeah. that they can trust us. Those, those connections are often not completely made. And it really requires, you know, leaders sometimes to help somebody understand, you know, yes, I need you to do these things and you have these responsibilities, but how we do these things and why we do them the way that we do mm -hmm. also really deeply matter. And this is how you make an impact at every level of the company from where you sit and yeah. we trust you. Yeah. And so that becomes really vital. Yeah. So I guess from a comms and engagement angle, I mean, I think it's a fundamental prerequisite of employee engagement is that I know how my role contributes to the, to the, to the larger scale of things. But I guess from a comms perspective, obviously you're looking at this from the perspective of leadership, but I guess if, if we're working, supporting leaders who in our organization as a trusted advisor in, in a, in an advisory role, if it's internal comms or employee engagement, I guess it's, it's asking those questions that allow our leaders or, or, or kind of force our leaders to, to, you know, to be able to talk about that on a regular basis when they're having contact with, with teams and individual, well, in this case, individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one, one thing that, um, from what you said that, you know, is I think really important to point out is that, if, you know, from a comms perspective and also holistically for the company, but when you think about that is there's, it's really important to understand what is the common language that you're building in your organization. So people can shift from simple coordination to true collaboration. So let me explain a little bit what I mean by that uh, is in the fact that, you know, you can coordinate with anybody, but true collaboration takes trust mm. and it takes a shared understanding to have effective and efficient collaboration. And so that's really important for anybody in an organization, I, no matter what your role is to, to really understand. Mm. And so an example of that is when we talk about common language or understanding, you know, again, it goes, I'll just use it since we already referenced it as a customer experience. Yeah. Well, what that means to me might be mean something different to you than it might mean to somebody else. Leaders have to build a common understanding of their organization with intention. And every industry and every company tends to have a lot of acronyms or a lot of, you know, shorthand. And <laughs> it's the way that people interact and exchange. And it's really normal. But without a common language, we tend to push that internal jargon onto customers. And then we, we were frustrated about the connection yeah. or we realized that we're not able to effectively communicate and collaborate because 
sales has a different understanding of something than you know the the product team or customer support has a different understanding than HR. And so this this friction happens, which is very natural in, in an organization because they're not speaking the same language or they think they are, but it's because they don't really have an understanding of it in the same way. Yeah. And so we really have to build that idea into there because what it does is it creates a different in culture that elevates the collective competence of the entire organization. And it helps bring more focus to the organization and really starts to create a stronger ability to create in your comms, especially internal comms, more of an informative, continuous feedback loop that helps you drive the organization's um, mechanisms. And so that just becomes an invaluable uh, element that, that we really have to take a thoughtful approach to. Okay, excellent. Okay, so the next the next uh, area, we and, and I guess uh, you, you know in your book you lay them out in in separate areas, and I guess there will be naturally some some overlap or continuity between them. The team. So, how does the individual alignment differ when we get now into the team, which is by I guess by definition a collection of individuals, but but obviously with a shared, hopefully with a shared goal and a shared objective. Yeah, so team alignment, um, as you said, shared objective uh, alignment is we're we're expanding to really look at how do we integrate the unique disciplines and experiences and perspectives of individuals to solve a shared problem. Where why are we bringing these individuals together in the first place? What are they? What are we asking them to accomplish? And so we're trying to make sure that we're aligning those individuals. So in the sense of, of product, doesn't matter if it's internal, external, you know, many times we have product managers, we have designers, we have engineers, we might have, uh, you know, other, other functions that are helping create that. And we have to bring those individuals into alignment so they can really contribute thoughtfully to solving that problem. And so when we talk about alignment in that context, it becomes really important. And what we're shifting is, is, is what I can do. And we're shifting in in an aligned team. You're shifting the men, the the mental model to what we can do together mm. effectively. Okay, and so that becomes really important. So, it, from a, from a, again, just from an engagement and comms perspective, how would what you you might be thinking about doing in that context differ from what you might be doing when we're looking maybe at the more individual level of alignment? So, at the team uh, level, I think it's really important that one. Um, there's many practices, but one of them, I think, from a comms perspective is you actually have to um, both practice active listening and communication through the lens of empathy. Yeah. And I think that's really critical. If you want to connect individuals with different areas of, of life experience and expertise, we have to build common ground. And that starts with actively listening and with a lot of uh, clear intention of learning from um, individuals. And this is actually something that isn't just, you know, good business practice. Um, There's an amazing neuroscientist, Dan Cable, he actually teaches at the London Business School. um, And he talks about this biological thirst for alignment in his book, Alive at Work. And he talks about this and the idea, it's the notion that we get together, not just to fulfill the prescription of the job, but really, again, back to this idea of solving problems. And that ability is actually something that biologically there's a need for. It actually, in your brain, 
when you have that alignment, you're actually triggering the response mechanisms that release dopamine, that yeah. increase joy, job satisfaction and engagement. Well, from a comms perspective with an aligned team, imagine you have a team that's hyper engaged, is experiencing joy in the work that they're doing, even though they might be solving complex problems and they have belief in what they're doing. Yeah. They're yeah. going to solve that problem more effectively than I, I would argue than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a whole lot more discretionary effort and, and not just time effort, but, but quality of thinking and, and, and collaboration is going to be a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? To, to a team that's not aligned and, and not got that experience or having that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I guess we're zooming out now using our helicopter analogy, and now we're zooming out to the level of the organization. So so tell us, Jonathan, a little bit more about what we're talking about when we're looking at organizational alignment, which I, I, I guess is, um, I don't know whether it's the more obvious level of alignment or, or when we think, you know, when, when you talk about alignment, I guess people would naturally focus in on one of these areas but is it, it let, let's find out your take on on organizational alignment and how it how it sort of fits in with the model that you've been you've been talking about so far absolutely i love the helicopter analogy by the way um so as we zoom out and we look at that the organization alignment what that's dealing with is how do you build alignment that reflects the organization's larger vision and mm. strategic priorities so mm. we're going to that next level up of how do all of these in teams and these individuals, how are they contributing and laddering up to this larger vision of the company? The essence of why? Do, what's the purpose behind the company? Why does this company exist? What are they trying to achieve? And so it's really important that we make sure that there is alignment at that level. And one aspect of that that is... Uh, is really understanding too that your resources within your organization to support those teams and those individuals and to realize that vision have to be in alignment with your constraints. Right. And I think sometimes constraints are seen as a negative, and I don't mean it that way, but one organization's constraints are different than another's. And this is actually, I think, where amazing innovation takes place because your lens on how you can solve a problem versus another is completely different. And so a, a really good analogy of this is um, uh, Steve Jobs, back when he was creating the Macintosh, needed to have uh, design the mouse, something yeah. that we all use in the computer. Yeah. And, it, and he needed it to happen for under $20. Uh, so the story goes. And it was... Uh, the Apple engineering team said, that's not possible. This is going to cost hundreds of dollars to make and manufacture. Well, different constraints, different perspective. He went and worked with an, uh, another company called IDO at the time. And, and he worked with them and they designed a mouse that could meet those criteria. They had different constraints. They had a different lens and perspective on the problem. And they were able to innovate in a different way. And it doesn't mean that the team... Uh, wasn't brilliant at Apple. They had a different lens and, and perspective because their constraints, the way they saw it, were different than the others and how it aligned. Mm. And so I think it's really important that we understand that uh, constraints are actually uh, liberating. They give us opportunity and they can bring focus in a very broad spectrum of potential things to, to look at, to tackle. And so for an organization having alignment 
around your vision and those strategic priorities and then balancing that with the understanding and, and real honest assessment of where your constraints are that allows you to then have pick very clear paths forward um, that yeah. can help you achieve success. And I guess from a, uh, from a, uh, yeah, you know, you talked about constraints there, but from a challenge perspective, this is where I guess we have the most diversity. I'm thinking more along the lines of the kind of organizations I've worked in where it's very easy for departments and teams and subdivisions and whatever to have their own priorities, which they fall into the trap of thinking is the most important thing without realizing that obviously going back to what we were saying earlier that that's just part of the contribution towards the overall organizational objective for so i guess from a comms and engagement perspective what are some of the things we need to be thinking about there because i guess this is you know the hot it's the it's the you know i always think about this in terms of because I, I did, I used to do chemistry when I was at school, and you know the kind of the atomic ta- the the periodic table. As you get towards those bigger, heavier elements, they're more unstable. They're more likely to decay and break into smaller components and and be uh, uh, be highly volatile. And, and I guess that applies to organisations as well. It, what what are some of the challenges that that we need to be thinking about when we're trying to keep that co- cohesion at, at that level and that, that alignment at that at that level of uh, of scale? So I think um, what you're touching on is really important, which is um, twofold. One mm. is it's very natural for organizations to tar- start to silo yeah. where individual groups or divisions or units of a company, they start to prioritize their objective over the others of the company. And I think uh, that's really challenging because there clearly is not a structure in place when that's happening in most cases where um, there all of the actual incentives that have been created for each of those division or departments and goals are clearly in alignment with yeah. the bigger picture. Yeah. And or it's not communicated. And I think that's a really big miss is I think transparency of those incentives and objectives are really critical so that no matter uh, what leadership role you might have in a company, you actually, uh, you can see how these things come together and they're there by intention. I mean, mm. and so, you know, I, I have almost, I've rarely ever seen where somebody not working incredibly hard with the best of intentions. The challenge is they did not have the context of the environment mm. and why these different incentives, how they actually aligned to achieving the bigger goal. Yeah. And this is something that is it can be very difficult. So when we think about the communication side of it, I think transparency and communication, broadening out the information set is really important because everyone can benefit from understanding the landscape. It mm. doesn't it doesn't benefit a, a, a group to only understand their part because they do need to understand how their part contributes. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to that that those, some of those very first things we were discussing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so just just then, finally, got find the final fourth of your of your alignment uh, levels is is around the market. So so we've talked about individual team organization, which is interesting. I get, are we continuing to zoom out to even further out on a macro level, or is this something slightly different? No, we're continuing to zoom out. I, I think, I mean, that is the perfect analogy. And, and what <laughs> we're really looking at at that is then how does the organization, so well, 
first, let me define market alignment. So market alignment deals with understanding your customers. Um, and it comes from understanding what problem do, are you solving for them? What is the impact of that problem? What hurdles do they face? And what reoccurring value could a solution create for that, that right. individual um, or organization? And so this goes back to really understanding, okay, well, then this ties to, well, why does the organization exist? How am yeah. I bringing value to the marketplace? And one does not work without the other. And so a lot of times this is where, you know, that understanding of customer behavior becomes critically important of why they do things. And it's, again, goes back to that idea of how do we fall in love with the problem? And this is why I put an emphasis earlier on about why leaders need to love the problem they're solving because it, it's important that they're connected to the market and to the users and customers that they're serving. Yeah. And so they need to see it through their lens because that's how they create market fit. And that's how they create relevance in the market versus adding a solution that maybe isn't worth somebody adopting or taking on. And it's also a really important perspective to understand, honestly, what you're competing against. Because you may not be competing against similar solutions, but something that seemingly is very, very different, um, and then is uh, actually um, the, the really the main reason why things aren't working. There's yeah. a great case study um, by uh, a Harvard professor Clay Christensen on this idea of jobs to be done, mm. where he was working with a fast food company and they were trying to sell more milkshakes. Okay. And they, they had created new flavors. They had pr- done all these wonderful promotions. Nothing worked. And they realized that most milkshakes were actually not sold at lunchtime or dinner, but in, in the morning. And they were like, well, why is that happening? And, and so they found out that, well, it was people who had a long commute and wanted to and needed something that would keep them full and that they could uh, you know, consume safely while they're driving to, to work okay. um, until they could make it to lunch. Well, all of a sudden your, your, la- their landscape of competition completely transformed. It wasn't, they were competing against other milkshakes. They were competing against other breakfast items, yeah, bagels yeah. and pastries and things like that. And what was that going to look like? Because the job all of a sudden was clearer and different. They had a better understanding of the needs, the why behind yeah. that, yeah. that customer. And those, yeah. those are just transformational insights um, Com- for organizations, and that alignment is essential. Completely reframes what it is we're trying to do, doesn't it? We we had a yeah. we worked with a client recently who um, uh, they they make big pumps and turbines that that move liquids and gases for 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 in, you know industrial purposes, and and they they went through a similar sort of transformation, which was this whole kind of uh, lease or buy or hire or buy, which is what their customers are wanting. So their customers, they thought they were selling these huge, big, beautifully machined pumps and turbines when actually what their customers wanted was to move the gas and air and liquids in their businesses efficiently. And they didn't really care whether they owned the pump or whether they leased it or it was on a date. And they want, obviously they wanted it to be reliable and working when it was meant to be working. So it, that then kind of reframed them from being a, a manufacturer which they still are but essentially but to a service provider uh, which is you know to, to solve the problem that the customer wants which sounds obvious but when you're you're an engineering company that 
prides itself on, you know, its ability to create beautifully engineered, machined pieces of metal and and other polymers and that sort of thing. It's very uh, reframing your identity like that can be can be transformational in that how well it, it opens up new possibilities and means that actually our core capabilities may not be where we thought they were uh, or where we need we need them to be anyway so i, I it's a really always really interesting when organizations have that epiphany i think isn't it it is absolutely and i love i love that story because it, it's also just such a perfect example of all of a sudden with that insight how it transforms the way you communicate whether it's externally or internally because instead of built you know we're uh a turbine or a <laughs> pump company, you know, now all of a sudden recognizing we're a company that helps our customers, you know, move these uh, air and these liquids safely, reliably, you know, with guarantees of service, because that those are the things that really matter. Yeah. Yeah. That perspective of communication, that alignment of purpose of the product is just so powerful yeah and now that's a that's an absolute path for growth yeah uh, yeah. as you move forward and and organizers organizations get it wrong as well because i one of my i used to talk about this um when i used to do some training and workshops for leaders around change and i think equally I always use the example of, of Olivetti, and I don't think I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, disrespecting the brand there, but, but Olivetti made the transition out of mechanical typewriters into making computers and didn't recognize that that was, you know, a fundamental shift away from what they were good at. And, and, and so they thought they were in the business of creating word processing machines when actually they were into precision mechanics. And rather than divert that core capability into some area that, that that they knew a lot about and were able to serve they they kind of went into you know pc the early pcs and and didn't last very long because that wasn't what they were very good at so i think it's really important that organizations do take time to reevaluate that is this the best use of our core competencies anywhere and, and so there's other examples where organizations have just pivoted completely out of a market and gone into a new one because they've actually realized that the, the market has, has has moved on and but actually what they do is still relevant but it doesn't isn't what they would they've done in the past so i always think it's fascinating those stories where organizations either do do that or do it do it not so well <laughs> um hmm. so i think it's really important part of that that alignment process and journey that you're talking about there yeah yeah um, so in, in terms of just to, for completeness then from a, from a comms and engagement perspective, then just, just, I think it's probably been fairly clear from what you've said. There are any, any, any other specific areas that, you know, if I'm working in comms or engagement to think about that market alignment piece, is it about kind of reminding them what our customers, what our market needs, what our, what, 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 who the people there with, with who we're serving and what their needs and how their needs are shifting or is it, is there, is there something else to that as well? Well, I, I think it, we've talked about it, but I would just really reinforce that when you're in that position of, of communication or engagement, how important it is to understand, again, understand the problem, create the connection for people, whether it's internal or externally about understanding, you know, what is this problem we're solving? What is the impact of that problem? Help me mm. personalize it. Help me understand it. You know, it's to, um, we do a lot of work in healthcare and, and a good example of that, it's really easy to think about, well, how, how can we efficiently move and provide the people and, and through uh, a hospital and provide the best care, but that doesn't actually address really what's needed, which is somebody's in a state of distress 
in mm. most cases, if they're in a mm. hospital or it's, they it might uh, be in a state of anxiety. How do you care for them? What does mm. care really mean in that case? Is that care mm. of just their physical ailment or is that really care of them as a person holistically? Mm. We have to build these b- deeper and bigger and more important connections uh, in, in our communications. And so that's really, really essential. There's, you know, for example, we worked on a project once with um, a hospital and on the product team, nobody had actually spent any time in one of their hospitals. Mm, mm. Not, not really. And not, not from the patient point of view. So we took a small group of leaders and we just, we spent some time, we sat in the emergency room and just listened. Yeah. And we said, just, just take some notes. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, all these things that we're really excited about, about process and, you know, doing this thing and that thing, like that doesn't matter. I've got, you know, this family here and, you know, a mother who's sick with two kids and, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate this complex situation when they don't feel good and these things are going on. It's like completely changes how you communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding that changed how they engage internally. It yeah. changed it changed so many facets. And so I think really reinforcing understanding the behavior, the situation, and connecting with empathy with your audiences is just such a paramount and one of the most powerful tools you can do to drive effective communication and engagement. And so I, I just put an emphasis on that because yeah. that if you're not starting from anywhere else, that is the most powerful thing you can start with, I think to start to build alignment today. I totally agree. Mamo. I know it's kind of uh, more made for TV and, and, and has, has its, uh, it's editorial challenges, but I, I'm a great fan of programs like the undercover boss and things like that, where you, you know, you, you put people out there and empathize in your, and put them in your customer's shoes where they have to, you know, be anonymous and, and see what it's like through a customer's lens. And, uh, and I think it's always fascinating the good and bad things they find in that situation that they would never know sat behind their desk or in the, in, in the boardroom. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I think we've talked about this on the show before in interviews with interviewees about getting your people, getting your leaders out and experiencing what your customers are experiencing, or at least finding a way to, to bring that to them in a very visceral way is, is really important rather than just looking at customer feedback data and all of that, which is great. But I think there's nothing like the actual experience of, of what what it's like to interact with our businesses there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, one of the top retailers here in the United States, um, they have every single person in their corporate office has to work at least two weeks um, a year in one of their stores, regardless. Mm-hmm. And that includes the CEO and the board of directors. Mm-hmm. It's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And the power of that, when you come back and you realize what I'm doing and how it supports the people in those stores and how it supports the communities and why that community involvement is so important at, at each store location around the country is it's such a powerful advantage they've created because it's not just a one-time thing. It's something that they practice to maintain alignment in their organization. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I do. I, I love. I love that sort of thing. And and it's it's you know I I've been in those situations myself. I remember I worked in a in a food factory, and again we had to do a similar thing every year. We at least one day or one shift we have to go and spend eight hours doing, you know, standing packing food into cardboard boxes. And you know by the end of it, you you your arms and shoulders were just absolutely 
you know, full of lactic acid and, <laughs> and burning and <laughs> and you kind of had a lot more empathy for 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 the how hard the job was and you know we would we when we talk about why are people so unhappy you, you know you kind of recognize well it's a tough job and, and and we don't make it any easier for them and do we give them the right equipment and then there's the ergonomics you know so much much more easy to you know again relate to them and and also demonstrate that you care about their their well-being and 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 uh and the working environment as well so I, i'm a big fan of that sort of thing and uh it's always a good leveler i think when you when when people do that that sort of thing yeah. um i want to bring things to a conclusion though jonathan that's really really interesting i mean just in terms of i i, I without being too too uh, you know kind of simplistic uh, one or two things that if I'm, I've listened to it. I'm sure people will be listening to what you've said, and, and it will be resonating for them. And they're maybe you know, again, sort of faced with the, the the usual dilemma of well, where do I start? What would be one or two relatively simple things that uh, 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 someone could try to do to start? Obviously, getting hold of your book will be a good thing. We'll talk about that in a moment. But to start to get some some alignment within within these levels, because there's a lot of work there potentially, and it could be a bit overwhelming. Where where would you where would you sort of recommend that that there's a good place to start? I think. Um it can be very overwhelming, uh, and and I want to fully acknowledge that. I mean, I think what you're you're highlighting there is really important to mm-hmm. to acknowledge. I, I think that one of the most important places you can start is to be really clear, whether it's at a department level and understanding what is the purpose and intention of this department, mm-hmm. or if you're the CEO of a company or in the leadership team, and you're saying you know, are are we really clear about what our vision is? Does this clearly articulate? you know, where we're going as a company. Mm-hmm. So I separate that from purpose because we're not talking about mission statements. We're talking about the vision, the direction of the company mm-hmm. as that it's, and that's an important distinction in itself, but to really be able to focus and look at that and say, is it clear as an organization where we're going? Is it clear why it matters? And are, is it measurable? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't communicate those three things, I would urge anybody listening to go back and visit them <laughs> and understand yeah. why. Mm. And so that the anatomy of a strong vision is it, it's talked about from a marketing and a brand perspective a lot of the time, but it's missing in many cases, examples and components that really help us build alignment and mm. really help us understand how we can start to then collaborate with the others around us and communicate. And I think starting there is such a powerful place because you can really quickly start to unify and you can get your team involved in that process. Mm, mm. And so I'll, I'm going to highlight one trap just for anybody listening. Yeah. The measurability, usually a lot of e- the easy go-to is revenue for a lot of companies. It's not the right metric. And the okay. reason I say that is that revenue is a lagging indicator. It's a result of you providing the value that you provide. So I encourage anybody listening, try to find a metric that is based on the value you create and isn't a byproduct of that value. Mm. It is so much more powerful to inspire your team and build alignment at every level, including with the market, when you can understand that the value is what generates revenue and that's an outcome 
of you doing that better than anybody else for that customer. And yeah. So anchor that into your vision. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's a really great tip. You know, I, I always use when I'm when I'm talking to people is to say you wouldn't drive your car by just purely looking in the rear view mirror. And that's essentially what you're doing when you're looking at lag, lagging indicators, isn't it? And, you know, when we talk about a vision and the vision is all kind of backward looking and we'll only ever know what few months after we've delivered it or not it's you know again for me a vision has to be something you're looking through the windshield to 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 see it not not as i say through the back window so i think it's really a case of um of using that metaphor that's one i use quite a lot to to, to get people to think well what can we see ahead of us rather than behind us that tells us that we're doing a good job and i think can be it'd be uh it's often interesting then to see what they come up with (laughs) yeah i i love that review i'm going to use that one there's no problem Uh, you you can have that one you asked for two starting points and I'll give you one other one. That's really yes, simple. Please, that I yeah, encourage yeah. everybody is that um, we talked a lot about the importance of a common language and understanding. And one of the, my, my favorite things that anybody listening can implement in their next conversation immediately mm. is this ability to, when you're having a conversation to ask somebody a simple question, like, what did you hear me say? Mm. Or what did you think? I, you know, I meant by that and mm. ask them to mirror that back. And mm. it's a really powerful mechanism for a couple of reasons. One, it allows you to align of, with that individual. Are you on the same page? Do you have a shared understanding? Because if you think you do and you move on, you might be setting yourself up for a lot of rework or delays in, in achieving what you're looking to do. Mm. The other thing is it shows, it dem- it's an incredibly demonstration of respect for the other person. And I think that's really important because what it really does is it shows that you're actively listening and processing what they're saying. And it really is important that we are, don't try to be overly efficient with people. We want to be efficient with processes. We want to be efficient with resources, but we don't want to be efficient from the perspective of, you know, that this person's perspective or what they need from uh, that engagement with you is is not important you know and so being able to mirror back what you're hearing yeah and so i try to practice this all the time i try to remind myself all this time i will somebody will come to me in a meeting whether it's a client or a colleague and i will intentionally pause and then i will try to mirror back what i heard to make sure that we're in alignment and i use this as a way to educate myself and understand but it's also incredibly powerful and it's been one of the most effective tools I've had in d- building deeper relationships, as well as ensuring the work that we're doing is moving forward in the right way. Yeah, I think that's an excellent tip. And and uh, I can't remember, I remember reading a book as a long time ago now, but, um, and it was talking, I'm sure it was, a, it was in con- context of, um, and I, I know, I know this is always a, a, a dangerous analogy to use, but, but in business context, but it was, it was about elite military units. And I'm sh- pretty sure it, it was in that, that I remember seeing this. It was all the principle, I think it was called the back brief, which is whenever these kind of, you know, units are getting these briefings to go in with a very specific objective to, to achieve. And it's kind of very going to be very complicated on the ground and that the, the guys who are giving these orders can't possibly imagine what they these 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 guys are going to face and how they're going to deal with it and they're very much empowered to make those decisions at the point of action was this idea of the back brief which is 
after you've been briefed, you then have to play back to the the people who've briefed you what you what your understanding of the objectives and the intent, uh, so that there's a clear, real clarity and no no ambiguity. Because obviously, in that sort of situation, people's lives are on the line. And it was just it just reminded me of what you'd said there, which I think is is often forgotten. We just you know we'll we'll give some direction and then we'll kind of walk out of the room and just assume that everybody's kind of got it uh, or just in absence of questions assume that that that's uh, that that's a, that, that 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 no one's asked anything or put their hand up is they've all got it and clearly they, you know it's it's all clear as clear as crystal uh, but um i think often you know like you say is you play that back to me now what i've just said to you and uh, you know it's not trying to catch people out it's literally checking that I, you know, taking responsibility for the communication as, as the transmitter of that, and and if it hasn't got gone right, then that's not your fault. That's mine that I've not communicated it properly. I think it's a really good frame to take. Um. So anyway, look, uh, it's been absolutely fantastic, Jonathan. I really, I really enjoyed that, and and thank you for your, you, you know, the depth that you've gone into there and the enthusiasm that you've shown. So one of the things I'm going to do is going to put some links in the show notes. So uh, and we chatted about this briefly before we we, we started recording. So we're going to put your link into your. Um, to your uh, LinkedIn profile and we're also going to put a link into your website we're also going to put a link into the book and there was another link that we said we were going to put in which I can't remember remind me what that one was Jonathan or is that have we covered them all we um, talked about also adding a link for the Emerge Interactive website for anybody that's interested there's a ton of free resources materials related to many of the topics especially around product that we've been talking about that are available there as well fantastic yeah and we'll do that so we'll put those four links into the show notes and uh all that remains to say is jonathan thank you so much for your time today especially as it's your final day before you're off to hawaii and uh wish you uh, wish you a very pleasant and uh, and relaxing time there and um i'm sure you will be getting people getting in touch with you finding out more about your your work and and hopefully getting a copy of your book and finding more finding out more about how they can create alignment within their own organization so thank you so much for your time jonathan Greg, thank you so much again for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. I loved our conversation today. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.